indeed time for the Crime Report. And it is uh, sponsored, of course, by the Crime Stoppers, Suffolk, 1-800-220-TIPS, 220-8477. All calls are kept confidential. And uh, in some cases, monetary rewards issued uh, for information that will lead to an arrest. Joe Jacklone, of course, former uh, NYPD sergeant, retired sergeant, a former commanding officer of the Brownies Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College, author of the Criminal Investigative Function of Avenue Investigators, edition four, five, soon to come. He's a, a highly decorated member of the NYPD back in the day, including the most notable Department of Medal of Valor, best-selling author, the Cold Case Handbook, and uh, also uh, soon to be uh, an Emmy-nominated uh, anchor himself. <laughs> I do believe that. On uh, the YouTube channel with his great series of the Gilgo uh, investigation, the aforementioned SARS, Joe Jacklin. Great to have you, my friend. Okay, everything good? Everything's good, Jay. I hope you're well, too. Me, too, my friend. Me, too. Uh, you know, kind of a quiet week. We had a little buzz. Maybe something was going to happen uh, via the Gilgo stuff. Nothing crazy, though. A uh, little bit of a backtrack there. But uh, uh, all in all, uh, uh, Sarge, uh, we await that. Uh, but the the beat goes on as far as Gilgo, and uh, certainly we await a couple of things there. Yeah, no, certainly. I, I think something's definitely coming up. Um, we know that uh, John Bitroff, right, former convicted killer of uh, Rita Tangredi and, and Colleen McNamee, was a scheduled court date. Um, you know, his defense is claiming that they didn't get all the evidence in his trial. If you remember, that happened in 2017 under Tom Spoda. So, you yep. know, there is, a, there is a lot of things to go through there. I'm digging deep into that because there's something else going on there that um, quite not uh, touching the, the top of the surface as far as I'm concerned. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. He's got another court date coming up in January. And, no um, question. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yep, no doubt about it. Holidays are coming. You never know. We've had some storylines break in a big way this uh, period of of the year, so uh, we'll await that. You kind of get a sense something could be coming there, so we'll put that on the back burner. Let's get to a couple other things here. How about this uh, urologist, uh, Sarge, and his wife from Fort Salonga? They made appearances on versions of this reality show, and I've seen this show, uh, Bravo uh, Below Deck. Uh, Well, guess what? Uh, They're both indicted on felony drug charges, showed up in court yesterday, uh, in Riverhead for allegedly writing fraudulent oxy prescriptions, all in the name, Sarge, of personalities from the show. How about this? With Dr. Francis Martinez and his wife, Jessica, uh, they pled not guilty. I said, you have an eight-count indictment here. Yeah, no, I don't understand how people, you know, I don't know if it's arrogance, Jay, or just <laughs> they think they're just so smarter than everybody else. I mean, like, like, yeah, sure, I'm sure investigators are never going to figure out names that we use and tie them back to I mean, come on. But listen, even with all of the um, focus on doctors and these prescriptions, whatever, this is still going on. So it, it's really just, uh, it's mind-numbing that people will still think that they can get away, do this and get away with it. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, it's amazing to me how one could actually have that mire that eventually they get caught. I can't figure it out. Uh, you know, those that show is for the kind of the hoity-toity and all that jazz on that yacht uh, with copious amounts of money being spent uh, to take a couple of days out there. So I uh, thought they can get away with it. And guess what? They did not. Sarge with us, of course. Uh, Joe, how about this one? This is kind of a story. Uh, that, you know, listen, we've seen this before. 
I, I don't understand how this happens where you have an off-duty police officer goes into uh, a bathroom uh, in Eastport, the South Manor Junior Senior High School there, uh, and left his gun there. Now, listen, I've gone into bathrooms. I left my glasses uh, there. I left uh, my cell phone there. Uh, but you know what? If I'm thinking, you know, i got to put my gun somewhere here while I do my business, uh, and I forget it, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but apparently, Officer David San Martino uh, did that. Not only a cop, off-duty police, he's off-duty at the time, but he's also a school board member, he's a parent, uh, and he left his weapon in the bathroom. And this was 6.30 Monday night. The troubling part of this is, you know, you had one of those special sessions of the school board to take place there. Uh, but, uh, you know, thank goodness, no kids got into that bathroom. And it could have been a lot worse, Joe. Well, yeah, and here's the other thing. I mean, schools are a no uh, are gun-free zone, even for police officers yep. stuff like that. So even at John Jay, we're banned from carrying the guns. And if you do and something happens, um, you, you, more than likely you won't be indemnified, too, on top of it. So he has, he definitely has some, you know, <laughs> worries, let's put it that way, uh, in regards to doing this. And I believe it's it's a federal law, too. So that, that's a whole other, um, you know, avenue that they're going to investigate. I know uh, Ray Tierney said that he, if it was referred to them that they would investigate this. But if I'm correct, it's a federal case, which means that he's right there and he's kind of out of it if they want to do something about it. Listen, uh, I mean, leaving your phone in the bathroom and stuff like that, fine, but your gun, I mean, uh, you have to. I mean, listen, carrying a gun is an awesome responsibility, and you need to make sure you know where it is at all times. And it's like, you know, it's it's something that... it gives, this is the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night, right? That we, we, where you, you got to know where this thing is at all times. It, it's not something that to be, um, you know, you, so you go to the bathroom, you take, you, you know, uh, you know, Jay, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> Listen, I, I was going to try to explain it, but you know what? It, it, I can't. It's unexplainable. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and uh, listen, you know, I, w- I would think that, uh, you know, there are laws in place uh, regarding, you know, responsibility, safekeeping, good care, maintenance, that type of thing, serviceable type conditions, you know, of firearms. Uh, I would think uh, that it's all part of uh, of the deal, but I'm sure there'll be some sort of, there's got to be some sort of disciplinary deal here going on. But we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the Sarge with us, of course, the crime report. Joe, how about this? You can't take this stuff lightly because you have a custodian in Suffolk County and he's accused of making threats against the school district where he works uh, days after being denied a promotion. 57-year-old Jimmy Martin of Huntington arrested uh, at his home. He's charged with making a threat of mass harm against Cold Spring Harbor Central School District. And uh, again, you know, when this happens, you got to investigate. We've seen this stuff blow up uh, in big ways around the country and everything else. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, you got to investigate this stuff, Sanchez. Well, not only do you investigate it, but um, he's going to have a very difficult time being allowed back on school property. So I, mean, I don't know how they're going to yeah. handle this, but it, you, it, it is something that absolutely must be investigated to the nth degree, and you can't take any of this stuff lightly. And it's just that's just the way it goes. I mean, you're you're 57 years old. It was, I think, right, 56 or something. You, you yeah. know better, and and you you know, and you know what? If you get that angry and you get that unstable, I mean, maybe. 
You shouldn't be around kids in the first place. I mean, this is where this is what all the things that would come out during this investigation. I think he's done himself a real disservice here. Um, you know, letting your anger get a hold of you so much that you say something that you're going to regret probably the rest of your life. No question. And even, you know, the termination in play, you're not going to get another job in the same position elsewhere. No one's going to hire you for that. Uh, well, so it's a tough one there. C4. He talked about yeah. having C4 explosives. I mean, geez. Yeah. That's serious stuff. I mean, it's one thing to, to come up with a Glock pistol, but now you're threatened with dynamite and everything else. Holy mackerel. Uh, the guy was out of his mind, but you know what? Uh, you got to investigate this stuff. we got a troubling world out there. You just never know if people are going to act. Uh, the Sarge with us, the crime report. Joe, how about this? The uh, Brentwood man and several of relatives, uh, they were among, what, 11 uh, in all, arraigned on drug and weapons charges. You have a 15-month investigation, drug trafficking and everything else. You go from Jamaica to Suffolk, Westchester involved here uh, but all in all the Queens DA Melinda Katz uh, involved uh, with it uh, a very uh, uh, intensified uh, situation here uh, involved a lot of people a lot of area, troubling, very troubling but they got them Yep, no, 11, 11 arrests over that 15 month period I mean this is the joint investigation that they had with between um, you know everybody basically. Uh, I mean, it's it, it goes to show you that uh, law enforcement is starting to work together nicely uh, between Long Island and New York City, uh, just like they did with Gilgo. And it's an important aspect of it between drugs and guns and everything else that goes on between the city and Long Island. It's important to dismantle these networks and make sure you put them out of business forever. But Unfortunately, others pop up right away in order to you know, take over the territory that these guys have now lost. So it's a never-ending game of whack-a-mole, and they're going to keep. Uh, you'll have to be back at it today. No question. Uh, Sarge uh, with us with the crime report. Joe, here's one that uh, that caught my my eye. More than a dozen uh, gun violence reduction programs across New York State now getting about twenty million dollars. The governor. Uh, said the money will go towards community-based groups and trauma centers to hire outreach workers, social workers, uh, case managers who work to reduce the shooting. 16 organizations, by the way, will receive their own grant programs in Wyandanche, Hempstead, the Bronx, Mount Vernon, upstate. you got Poughkeepsie, Newburgh, Yonkers as well. And, you know, Hochul said it's all part of a multifaceted approach that has contributed to the state's progress uh, in addressing uh, gun violence. Uh, you know, to me, this is just a facade for what the real problem is, and that is those who are caught uh, need to be every part of the law to the max as far as prosecution is concerned. We know what part of the problem is, that they're not being prosecuted accordingly. They're being let out, and uh, all of a sudden you got the same damn thing happening over and over again. That's, part, that's a major part of the problem here. So uh, if she thinks... Uh, the progress is being made in gun violence, you know, please, uh, let's peel back the onion a little bit here, Sarge. Well, let, let's see how they, they come to that realization that these programs are actually helped, right? Just because you created a program and things went down, it doesn't mean that's the reason why. I mean, you look at New York City, they're at, they're either at or near record gun seizures. I mean, I'm talking about the police department. So, uh, I mean, it's, uh, how how is this how do they, um, you know, achieve success, and how is that, you know, how, how do they track it? I mean, it's just because they say it is, and that's what we have to expect. Well, show me the numbers and show me what's going on, 
And then also tell me, show me how this money is being not only allocated, but how who's watching it and making sure that it, it doesn't involve in the wrong hands, too. And that's something no that question. happens now over and over again. Over and over again, same type of deal. Uh, we had on Steve Chasman yesterday from LICAT. That's the Long Island Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependency, Sarge. And uh, he, with Ray Tierney, teamed up with a message. We know this time of the year it's about public awareness. It's, an all about, it's all about overdoses, unfortunately, that take place, especially during the holiday season. Seem to increase. We know that. Uh, and uh, all in all, uh, you know, uh, the DA, Ray Tierney, said he spent a lot of hours with families who've lost loved ones to addiction. Grief immeasurable, vowed to prosecute anyone caught profiting off the backs of those suffering uh, from substance use disorder and other addictions. When we've got a problem, uh, we know ongoing, it's not only the the drug itself, we talk about fentanyl all the time. Joe, how about that story of the gummy bears uh, and fentanyl with kids? That is unbelievable over the last couple of days. This, this is what I mean. It's everywhere now. Um, but all in all, you got to be careful. There's a lot of alcohol, obviously, out there. I think the alcohol situation is actually more dangerous now than the actual drugs are, fentanyl, et cetera, et cetera. You know, guys driving wrong way uh, on the expressway a couple of weeks ago, 14 exits. Remember that one, Joe? Um, But all in all, it's about being vigilant. And if you see something, you say something, that has to be in play right now. Yeah, no, listen, as the holidays approach uh, between Christmas and we're in Hanukkah now and, and New Year's, you, you you have to you know designated drivers. If you see somebody at the party that's drunk and they're going to try to drive, you got to you got to do something to intervene because we know that this is a deadly game and it's just something that you know more people need to get involved in. Listen, it might not make you popular, but you know what? It, you could save somebody's life, including that person that you that you care about. So let's mm. let's let's be adults about this kind of stuff and kind of figure out you know what we as adults need to do, and that is. No drink and drive. Don't use drugs and get in vehicles and that kind of stuff. I mean, we're 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 responsible enough, or we should be responsible enough to understand the consequences of this. And you know what? I'm still calling for heavier penalties for people who do this. We need to have some sort of deterrence to do, and it just never it never seems to be that way, right? People get a slap on the wrist after they they've done some horrific act in a car, and I'm quite frankly, I'm just like over it already. Well, I'll tell you, with 70,000-plus deaths in this country, a lot of it's coming in from the border. I'm just wondering what the president's mindset was uh, when he hears about, uh, you know, third graders uh, ingesting fentanyl through a gummy bear. I mean, come on. I mean, at some point, the light has to be turned on here. It has to be. Uh, Regarding some legislation and whatnot, to close it off and to still have an open border uh, that's a whole nother side of things from a political standpoint, Sarge. But uh, that's still a baffling uh, part of this whole deal here. Incredible stuff. Uh, the Sarge with us, the crime report. Joe, this was a one of the more horrific stories uh, ever for me um, regarding a Medford mother who admitted Wednesday that she smothered uh, her twin two-year-old girls, uh, what was it, June 2019, uh, before driving their bodies to a Suffolk County park in Montauk uh, that's where she was met by police who had frantically searched for her open to prevent this type of tragedy. But uh, this uh, 29-year-old, Tania Campbell, pled guilty uh, to two counts, first-degree murder. Um, that, for an exchange minimum sentence of, I think it was 20 years to life, that's what it was. But uh, I don't think you can have more of a horrific deal than this. No, I, I don't. And these things are... these. <laughs> 
between the crimes and and the deals and everything like that, I, I don't know um, when people are going to realize what exactly is going on. I mean, it's just like Jay. What is it going to take before people say like, what, what What are you doing? Right? I mean, well, how long does that take? I don't know. Uh, this is uh, what we talk about all the time. Uh, regarding uh, mental health uh, and everything else. You know, I spoke about this yesterday with Bruce Blakeman, the county executive of Nassau, and wants to take some American Rescue uh, Fund Act money and uh, use it for events and everything else. Let's kind of up the ante a little bit regarding rehab centers, drugs, mental health type stuff. Uh, we, need to, we need to get in front of this, okay? Uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. We need to uh, somehow uh, figure this out uh, because if we don't, you know what? It only gets such. You know that's that's the bottom line, or it only gets worse. Go ahead. It's almost as if uh, people don't even realize that this is going on. You know, and have these like, it's if we have money to use and we can do, let's do something or do something big, but do something that has um, some teeth to it, right? Where it's it's um, prevention. It's you know, with people who are already into this, do you know get them the help they need? And then, of course, there's got to be the prosecution, and it's got to be long-term sentences for people that get involved in this kind of stuff too, because nothing seems to be working. Doing nothing is absolutely not working. Yeah, and uh, obviously, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. You know, every time an individual is picked up, put in custody, you know, he's had episodes in the past. And that's part of the problem. There is not enough rehabilitation that goes on with these individuals. They're being let out for some reason without getting, uh, you know, the, the final, uh, the the final type of situation that says, you know what, you're ready to go back into society here. Uh, but uh, but all in all, uh, it's a it's a tough deal. I mean, this is, this is a woman who uh, is obviously uh, to the nth degree needed help. You know. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, one of the more horrific deals, uh, two-year-olds lost their lives here. A couple of more for the Sarge. Sarge, during the week, a jury ordering two, two now, Nassau County detectives to pay a little more than a quarter million dollars to a man who sued them after they helped a property manager illegally evict him uh, from his home in Roosevelt, along with his pregnant fiance. So this jury, Sarge, ruled back in uh, November the 28th, five-day trial it was, that these detectives must pay Michael Smith compensatory damages, punitive, you name it. Uh, all in all, that is uh, the case there. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's, it went on for a while, you know, 14 years or so, and finally you got a verdict here. Yeah, no, I mean, you have to kind of ask what, what you're getting involved with in this kind of thing is just... Uh... <laughs> you, 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 you're a person of the state. You're part of the thing. You, you don't get involved in these civil matters, and it's as simple as that. And and quite frankly, they, you know, unfortunately, they, for them, they're they're going to learn a valuable lesson here. A valuable lesson, indeed. And uh, and quite frankly, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you know it always comes back to bite you. There's really not a lot of statute of limitation involved with this type of stuff. We've learned that. A couple of more for the Sarge. Sarge, how about this bill? Uh, to me, you know, this to me is a no-brainer. You don't have to be a, a Democrat or Republican, but you have a bill to crack down on reckless uh, drivers. Uh, it was named for a teenager out of Holbrook 15 years ago, Sarge, by an unlicensed driver. Uh, seven previous suspension. 
signed into law by the governor on Tuesday, Angelica's Law, which we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes with uh, one of the people who penned everything, and that was uh, Dean Murray. We'll get to him in a few. Uh, But uh, all in all, uh, the law to reduce to five the number of prior license suspensions needed to charge a driver with a Class E felony uh, used to be 10. Driver needed to have his or her license suspended 10 times, Sarge, before the felony could be charged. No question. Long time coming. Had to be done. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, it is a no-brainer. And it's, it's gotten better than when I used to do this as a, as a, as a, in law enforcement. I mean, it was like a menu back in the day when you when, when somebody could be suspended and you had to have, like, you know, between you know the planets between Mars and Jupiter and everything else that you had to go, so at least they're they're trying to pare that down. It's it's been a, an absolute awful statute for for decades, and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed like you know twenty years ago. Yep, no doubt about it. Joe, how about this one? Where the island's largest departments, police departments, are appealing now. Uh, state court rulings that require release of officer disciplinary records under New York's public records law. So the appeals kind of ends a legal battle over the files uh, into a fourth year where police file requests last week to overturn separate late November decisions that favored Newsday. Newsday had sued after the department's refused to make public most police misconduct records requested. This was back in 2020 under the FOIL the state's freedom of information law now despite that year's repeal of state law uh regarding you know blanket secrecy and everything else the personal files the departments argued that the majority the vast majority was still not subject to public disclosure here. so this had another situation a long time in the making here so yeah and unfortunately they're not going to probably win this fight in the end i mean new york city lost this fight they have the 58 law that all the cops records are actually not only uh, available online, but you can, you know, anybody can view it at any time based on names and shield numbers and everything. But, but the problem is, you know, here you have clean the slate for everybody else, right? If if a New York yeah. City cop or a Suffolk County, if you make a complaint that's found is totally unfounded because the person made it up and like it still stays on their record, right? So you can yeah. now, right? And that's that's where the part of the problem is, right? So cops get blamed for stuff that either can't be proven or that has been totally uh, exonerated, but it still stays on their record, and that becomes public. And if people use it as a weapon against them, and it's just um, that's where the you know the, the not fair part kind of comes in, and that's what the argument should be that if you want to publish this stuff, anything that's been exonerated or unsubstantiated should be removed from the records. Only records that have been confirmed and that they've been found guilty on, or uh, there has been some substantiation of the of the allegation against them. And then, you know, then I think it would be okay, kind of thing. Yep, no question about it. Uh, certainly uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ins and outs as far as everything uh, involved here. You're involved in so much. You do such a great job on the, on the, uh, on the YouTube uh, channel with the show regarding Gilgo, as we mentioned right at the top, Sarge. Uh, give me the latest there for you. Well, tomorrow at 3 p.m. I will have on Mary Murphy from Channel 11, who's been in the courtroom for every step of the way from what's going on with Gilgo and Rex and everybody else. And she actually was just did a report on the Petrov stuff, too. So she'll be live tomorrow at 3 p.m., which will be a lot of fun to, to talk to her because as you, you don't really get that rare inside look unless you are a reporter or a journalist. So that should be uh, an interesting take tomorrow. All right, great stuff there. We'll be tuning in 3 o'clock tomorrow. Just search. 
for the Sarge Show, Jack Lone, and all the great work with Gilgo, and of course, that book. You know, I can't say enough about the book. I've lent it out twice myself, still waiting for it to come back. But, uh, you know, it's a great book. Everybody who listens, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people inquire about it with Amazon and everything else. That's where you can get it. Uh, but it is, uh, it's a great read, Sarge. I tell you that every week. Thank you very much, Jay. Yeah, things are going well, and we're really happy how things are, are, are panning out so far. And you should be, no question about it. The Sarge, Joe Jacklone, and, of course, Crime Stoppers, 1-800-220-TIPS. Uh, have a fantastic uh, weekend, my friend, and we'll talk, talk in the next few. Sounds great. Take care, Jay.